Hello, listeners, and welcome to Cars Unfiltered, episode one. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I chose that voice to do the intro, but I thought it was, I don't know, apt apparently. Um, so, Cars Unfiltered, episode one, where we're starting to figure out this podcast, um, and we're bringing to you our thoughts on auto on the auto industry for Manufacturer Monday, as well as a new feature this week titled, What is Your Project?, where we highlight one of ours or someone else's project car and what they're doing to it, and probably some horror stories or hopefully some, you know, some shining, shining lights um, in the in the stories. Um, my name is Tom, and we have with us today Adam. Howdy. And Mike. Hey, how's it going? The, the usual crew. Cool. All right. Um, so, yeah. What do we have lined up today? Uh, well, first time we have an ad by our sponsor because we have to do that at the top of the show. So, all right, right. Why don't you, why don't you go ahead and do that? Sure. Um, so today, this episode is brought to you by Apixo Consulting LLC. Uh, Apixo.co in your browser. You can go there and check it out. Uh, Apixo offers a full range of consulting services and specializes in management and IT consulting for small businesses, especially startups, because, yeah, we've worked with several startups. Um, give them a call to help grow your business today or just go to Apixo.co. And, I mean, full disclosure, that's Apixo is basically uh, Cars Unfiltered parent company. Um, and yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. So now following that brilliant advertisement, Tom, because everyone loves ads, the topic of the week is diesel cars in Europe and what's going on there. Because apparently for the first time in over a decade, uh, gasoline-powered, or as our fun European friends call them, petrol-powered cars, have surpassed diesel car sales, passenger car sales, in the European Union. So uh, what's your take on that? Um, well, interestingly enough, the, um, the main cover image for the link that it will add to the show notes is of a VW, right? So VW, I think we all know what they're you know, kind of known for, well, most of the manufacturers actually at this point are known for, for diesel vehicles is that, um, they kind of have skewed the emissions testing for diesel vehicles in one form or another. Um, so what this tells me, Mike, <laughs> is that people don't really care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think <clears throat> what's really interesting about this article is I, as I skim through it here, um, is you know aside from the whole diesel uh, thing it looks like sales of hybrid electric and even like liquid propane and natural gas vehicles those have increased over 35 percent as well um so you know people there's a decreased demand for diesels and you know gas-powered vehicles gasoline are taking up more of the market but so are these you know the other i guess the other modes of propulsion there um you know those are now are 5.2 percent of the total market i imagine a lot of that's electric but i know a lot of um a lot of municipal and uh 
commercial vehicles are natural gas or LPG as well. Yeah, and I mean, I think <clears throat> my guess is that the majority of those would be hybrid vehicles. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, secondarily, maybe electric and LPG in third place. I don't know for sure. But my, um, like, I've wanted, you know, if if Ford had an F-150 with a small diesel engine in it for sale, like, in the last 10 years, there's probably a good chance that that would be in my driveway. Um I mean, people, however, people were asking all the time when I, you know, when I sold Ford trucks and the new, you know, the 2015s at that point were coming out with the redesign and it was probably once a week people would ask me, so are they putting a diesel in that? Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Well, rumor has it that the new Bronco and Ranger will have a diesel option. That would be amazing. In the the United States? Uh, Don't know about that. Right. Yeah. So it's not coming here. (laughs) What? I mean, I I would be surprised. Maybe. Why do you guys think that is? So actually, so I'll tell you one perspective and then um, I'm curious to hear what you guys' perspective is. But my brother-in-law is actually, he works as a mechanic for um, a municipality here in Michigan and he was telling me that he, he, you know, deals with like fleet vehicles and orders and stuff. And he was saying the reason is that the way that the United States calculates emissions is skewed. So we calculate, I might screw this up, but we calculate the CO2 emissions. And so for diesel vehicles, that's higher. And so that's why we don't get them. The, um, the EU or, yeah, I think probably all the EU, and also, I guess now, uh, what, Great Britain, right? Because they left. Um, they calculate the emissions a different way by actual, like, not just not CO2, but like toxic, you know, maybe carbon monoxide or whatever, like those types of yeah, things. Nox, noxious gases, they call it nox. Okay. Yeah. So since, um, since we only do it primarily by that one metric, that's why diesel's are kind of not in passenger high volume vehicles here. Okay. That's interesting. So I've been told. I didn't know that. I mean, I guess, you know, it makes, it makes more sense to measure the NOx or the noxious gases than, you know, just, just CO2. I'm sure there's, you know, that's like a gross oversimplification of it. I'm sure there's, you know, somebody out there who is, uh, you know, active in the uh emissions testing industry is gonna listen to this and go you guys you guys have it way dumbed down but you know i mean it's it's interesting nonetheless you know they could be a guest (laughs) that would be perfect that would actually be really awesome you were saying like i wasn't saying anything (laughs) oh (laughs) what i was actually doing is uh completely changing topics because as I was looking at this article, it got me started on thinking about some other articles. Um, <laughs> so, so that happened last time to like all of us too. So this is not a podcast listening to us browse like the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, well, <laughs> just us clicking down the link funnel here, <laughs> but at least it's all like automotive industry related. And particularly this one has been in the news quite a bit, which is uh Insurance in Michigan, which we can all relate to. So uh, and registration, 
Yeah, and now registration apparently, yes, because Tom has recently had to pay that for his truck. <laughs> and my and my Mustang and a, a Mariner, a Mercury Mariner. Yeah, welcome to my world, Tom. Oh no 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 no! no, 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 no. Plates, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hush you, I don't actually own any vehicles. They're all owned by a third party who happens to live in Illinois. <laughs> all uh, things true. see the great things that we can people can learn here. So actually this this we could talk about I have on my whiteboard over here, which I think I may have alluded to in the last episode, but I'm not sure. So um Adam has helped me price out insurance based on my driving record and my prior um, accidents and everything, whatever, which I don't really have very, very much of. Yeah, I was going to say you have um, a fairly clean record, if I recall, Tom. Although he, Adam, Adam found out my my dark secret. What's that? <laughs> he found out about the Mustang. What do you mean? What about it? That it's a V six? No, that that's how, that's not even a, any kind of real secret. Come on, uh, I was going to no, say I, I rear ended. I rear-ended somebody on 75. Oh, yeah, going down the highway. Tom wasn't paying attention. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, Adam helped me price out several vehicles here. And you, you want to play a little game? That's what we could do. All right, let's we play, play a game. I'll play right. a game. I always like to play games. This is going to be hard because Adam already knows. So, <laughs> so I guess it's just you, Mike. I win. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So... Let me, let me pick here. What we'll do is I'm going to name a vehicle and I want you to tell me what the monthly premium is. Okay. And this is a thousand dollar deductible. Wait, Inuasso? Yeah. Okay. My, my driving record in Owasso, which is where I live and, um, a thousand dollar deductible. Cause that's what I have in all my stuff. Okay. Okay. Comprehensive. Yeah. I believe so. Was that what it was? Um, yeah, I think it was a thousand dollar collision and I think it was probably a hundred or two fifty comp. Okay. What? Okay. That's I usually me, run my, this, that tells this, me significantly more than what Tom just told me. I was, I should, we should have ran those at a thousand for comp. I'd have to look it up. Just, it, it, that may be the case. I mean, you're, you're asking me to remember something like a yeah, week and a half like ago. Now, so <laughs> yeah, that's a while ago. That's interesting. Maybe we should run one of these. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. Sidetrack. Okay. So here we go. I'm going to pick one. So actually, for starters, 2015 Model S P85. Okay. Tell me, what's the monthly insurance premium? What's that car retail for? Uh, P85 is around $100,000, 90 to 100000 I mean, 90 to 120 depending on how you spec it out. What's, are we, I'm sorry, we were talking monthly insurance rates? Yep. Uh. Two seventy-five. Ooh, close. Yeah, close. Two fifty. That is pretty oh, close. Dang, that is pretty dang close. All right. Um, what do I get if so, I win? Does it then? Does that count as a win? Like, what's our what's our over under here? <laughs> if you uh, I'm off I'm not sure. more than ten percent, that I can't get it, or what? Because that was so, that ten percent. We'll we'll tally this up at the end. and We'll figure it out. We could do it basically by money over and money under, and then that way. Okay, that'll maybe, work. That's maybe fine. you get maybe you get the difference. Or oh, something. All right, all right. Yeah, um, I'll go find it in my own wallet. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so next one is 2015 Mercedes Benz S550 Coupe. What What did that retail for? Uh, about the same as the Tesla, hundred and around a hundred, hundred ten. I'm gonna go with two two ten on that. Ooh, no. 
249. Ooh. Because it's a coupe. Oh, oh yeah, because it's right. not the sedan now, is it? Yeah. How much was a sedan? 220. Ooh, dang. 221. Ah, nice. Close. Very nice. Yeah. Should switch jobs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, okay. So now that's kind of the mundane cars on the list. All right. Now we're going to get into more interesting kind of vehicles here. Okay. Um, let's see. How about a 2006 Lamborghini Gallardo? A 2006. What's what's the current market value? Mm, uh, somewhere around 90 to 110. Actually, I've seen them go for higher than that. I've seen them go from anywhere from 80 to two to 300,000 to actually 500,000 for some of the special editions. Yeah, but, but this is just a regular. Yeah. Wait, but this was a 2006 that we're talking about, right? Right. Well, they quit making them yeah, in 2012. Yeah, so, right. So, I think. So it's a 2006. Yeah. I'm gonna go with one ninety. Ooh, two thirty-seven. Oh, really? That's yeah. more than I would have thought it would have been. Interesting. That's interesting. That's so the exotic, the exotic car coefficient. Well, I I would think it would be more than that. Like I would expect, you know, I hear horror stories like, oh, it's probably five six hundred dollars a month when I hear like a Lamborghini. Right? It's interesting that 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 that's currently uh, roughly the same as. Uh, a Tesla current or uh, or an S yeah, or Mercedes S class yeah yeah okay so here's another now we're getting into some some more some more stuff so how about a 2008 Ferrari 599 GTB what's that what's current market value uh 160 to 200 I'm gonna go with 285 ooh 327 ooh yep. Okay, so now how about uh, 2002 Ferrari 360? Uh, current current value. Oh, uh, man, what do those go for? Like around 100-ish. So we're back to the uh, two, 245. 172. Wait, really? Buy that? Yep. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, so here, here we go. This to me, this is, this is the one I find most interesting. Um. A 2005 F430 F1 Ferrari. Wait, say that one. A 2005 Ferrari F430 F1. So it's a F430 with the F1 trans. Okay, what's the, what's the current? The sporty. Uh, 130-ish. I will go with 210. Ooh, nice. 215. Oh, yes. Yep. And the other one that we have here was a 2009 R8 at $205. So, okay. So that to me, that was actually like eye opening to me. Uh, and actually, I could go into just, I, I don't know, you guys are going to have to stop me talking about Ferrari stuff because I'm starting to get into it. As much as I actually, I don't like how the brand operates, I think, as you guys have. It's a brilliant you guys, operation. What are you talking about? As far as, uh, as far as <laughs> they're jerks. Goes, but, they're, it's, they're, but it's brilliant. It is. It's brilliant. Um, they have, so they're starting to get me hooked. Um, but so the F430, right? The F430 is like $140,000. You can, if it's a certified used F430, you can get a maintenance plan for that. That is like between four and $5,000. And that includes, if you drive it 10,000 miles a year, you, that includes one oil change and a timing belt replacement. Okay. For five years. Sorry. Yeah. 
So it's a, a thousand bucks a year for maintenance for your Ferrari plus tires, you know, obviously other things. Um, and then the F430, um, trying to think of other things. There, there's a chance that they they may have hit their like the bottom of their price, you know, their um, their price curve. So it's it's possible that they may go up in the next five years. I'm not sure. Um, what I really would bet on there is a four five eight Italia starting to go back up in the next five years. But um, but yeah, so the insurance for F430, you know, two hundred bucks a month. And maintenance is a thousand bucks a year, so about you know just under a hundred bucks a month. So you got what's that? Three hundred bucks a month, and then registration for that car because you go based on the um, original MSRP, which was like two around two hundred thousand dollars. I think your registration's around fifteen fifteen hundred dollars a year here. Um, so that's enough. That's four hundred bucks a month, let's say, for easy easy numbers. And then you can actually get financed through for Ferrari privately, so it doesn't show up on your credit. Um, and I can't remember what the terms exactly, but I mean you're talking like probably probably fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month. Um, so I think for around two to twenty three hundred dollars a month, you could be, drive around at F four thirty and be owning it, you know, as you're as you're driving it. Yeah. Well, so I mean, that's I mean, not terrible. Yeah, I mean, if I had that much money to put into like the stock market, I feel like this would be more fun. <laughs> uh, define more fun. Faster. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it'd be, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it would be well. Okay. Actually, that's a good point because they do not get the most economical gas mileage. Yeah, you think your Raptor's bad? Yeah. It, yeah, it'd be bad. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, they were uh, like if you can get the money front the money for the car, the rest of it is actually pretty reasonable, even in comparison to um, regular vehicles. Because if 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 you know of somebody that spends less than a thousand bucks a year on oil changes and other maintenance for their vehicle, like yeah, I I think probably maybe Tesla owners or hybrids maybe that cheap yeah probably there's probably there's very little maintenance to begin with until the battery goes bad in which case all the maintenance actually i don't know like batteries are not quite not as expensive as they used to be to to replace and the tesla because of the um the swapping stations you're actually i mean should be that should shouldn't be a problem really yeah but it's still not going to be cheap it's $60. Oh, well, yeah, right. Yeah, if you're just swapping it out. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody else gets stuck with a shit battery. <laughs> and there's the explicit language tag. <laughs> we made it. Two well, episodes, we all knew. guys. <laughs> Not even two. <laughs> one and yeah. a half. Yeah. 1.5, yeah. Oh. So then, so then back to the diesel thing. Um, I just noticed another article because that's what we do here is we surf. Um, the Ranger Raptor maybe will have a twin turbo, twin turbo, two liter diesel engine. Hmm. U.S. market. And I, to be honest with you, I, I mean, I, I doubt it. Wait, but the, wait, the Ranger is going to have a two liter. Yeah, two liter twin turboed uh, diesel. It, yeah, we might get the two two as well. 
Dude, I the Ranger Raptor is, Wait, is really that, interesting. Is that public information? It's on the website that we, you sent the other thing from. Okay, then I can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's the manufacturer's uh, um, disclaimer. Right. So I can talk about it now. Uh-huh. Um, what's funny to me is that you have no idea what's, <laughs> what <there's public. laughs> what's out and what's not. Well, I can't. <laughs> I, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I have no idea whether it's public or not most of the time. So most of the time I just assume it's not, right? Until somebody mm. finds something to th- prove me otherwise. Um, but yeah, the Ranger Raptor, like, they're launching it in Australia first. But that thing, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. The So I have a 2010 Raptor, and the width of that thing, the, it, driving it is amazing. It's the most comfortable, actually one of the most quiet vehicles I've ever driven in the cabin. Um, but it is wide. Going on a, gone on a couple of trips with you. It is very nice. Yeah. But it is wide. Like trying to park like on a street or something like that. It is so wide. Um, everything else about it I love. But a Ranger Raptor would solve like logistical problems for me. Because since I mean, I mean, they can't tow anything. In. I mean, they can, but, you know, half. They have like half of the towing capability of a normal F-150. And about half of the payload capacity, if not less. Yeah. Actually, the three of us standing in the back of my truck would be over its payload capacity. Yeah, that's kind of what I assumed. <laughs> Meanwhile, how much stuff did I put in my, at this point, almost 20-year-old pickup truck? Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, you had, I mean, how many pounds do you think was in there? Oh, uh, dude, I, it was so overloaded, I don't know. It was probably a yeah. ton and a half. Right. So, but I was able to traverse that rough street way faster than you. I'm just going to point that out. Yeah, but I was able to put 3,000 pounds of bricks in it when you could only put like 500. Yeah, but if we were being chased by dinosaurs, (laughs) I would be alive and you would be dead. (laughs) I don't know. Mike has a lot of bricks to hurl at him. (laughs) That's true, I suppose. I got a lot of ammo. (laughs) I hadn't thought of that, I suppose. But yeah. Yeah, the Ranger oh. Raptor is interesting. I mean, you know, obviously the just the Ranger in itself is interesting, you know, having that come back. But, you know, I don't know, the Ranger Raptor versus the F-150 Raptor. I like the bigger truck, man. I mean, having having owned I do too. Small, you know, smaller trucks and full-size trucks. I love the I mean, the biggest thing I love about my F-150 is just the space in that crew cab. You know, I have three brothers, and four of us grown men can go to lunch in that truck with no problem. Yeah, it's... This, this is true, and this is where trucks shine in the way that trucks are meant to be used versus how most soccer moms use them. In that, right, you can fit four full-grown men in that truck and go to lunch, which is what it's designed for, is job site, Right. Full grown people, right? But that's that's the minority of who buys F one fifties these days. Oh yeah. Unless you're in Texas. Well, I mean, you know, I mean well in two thousand fourteen they're selling one F one fifty every minute and a half or something like that. I mean, obviously not all those people are using them at job sites or you know, right. a lot of the big guys I would sell them to, it's a it's a mobile office. They worked out of it all day long. Um, but most people are buying it as a commuter vehicle, but which is what I do with mine. 
but when I do want to go, you know, that's what I do. With my yeah. Mind. When I want to go, when I want to go run somewhere and have, you know, take more than one person with me, I can, I don't have to worry about anybody being uncomfortable. I mean, that's more comfortable to take anywhere than almost any, any car. Um, I mean, obviously within reason. <laughs> That's that's kind of what I found too, right? Because like summer, so I store my Mustang so it doesn't, you know, because we live in Michigan and salt. Um, but I store my Mustang over the wintertime, so I really look forward to bringing it out in the summertime. Uh, but this the is the first summer. You drive it. Well, yeah, but like this year, I had the Raptor, and it's been the first. It's the first time in a long time since I had a full size truck, and I find myself more often than not leaving the Mustang parked and taking the truck, even though the truck gets like half the mileage. Um, so I don't know. I don't know exactly what that says, but I think it says something. It's the, about you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, and it also says something that Ford for 2018 now has a limited edition of their super duties. Yeah. For a hundred grand. That's, yeah. I mean, I was, Every, when that article came out, I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of people were just shot like, oh, uh, there's a hundred thousand dollar pickup. I'm like, do you guys know how many Super Duties that I sold for seventy thousand dollars? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's my point. <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, we've had an eighty thousand dollar truck for how long? Yeah. It just made sense that it was going to hit a hundred grand. Right. They're just bumping it up. Well, not, to me, it's not. To me, it's not the number so much because you could get an F550, 650, whatever, right? You know, if you want to spend money. But the point is, to me, is that it's a limited. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, they brought out the FX4 package for the Super Duties. And, like, that's cool. And everybody bought those. Um, I think they've had Platinum for a while, yep. right? Yeah, that was and, the but like a, was the highest trim model. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, a limited, like, you know, an F150 limited, like, you have that... Um, you know, that number, you know, like how many were produced and everything. And I don't know, to me, it's just weird to have that on a super duty truck. Maybe it's just me. I guess it probably is. But I mean, to me, cause like super duty trucks, like you buy those to like, you know, for working and like hauling stuff. Yeah. But you um, want to be comfortable as you haul things for 50,000 miles. But how much more comfortable are you going to be in a, like, okay, let's, well, yes, but let's, the majority of people I think buying a limited aren't going to be like, you know, out there throwing rocks in the back and you know what i mean i don't know so i don't know it's it's possible they may be but on that note tom oh yes we need need to move on because time is ticking here (laughs) it is true and you mentioned before the show started that you had a topic to discuss oh yes sorry yes so this actually goes back somewhat involved with uh the diesel topic that you brought up so i have just recently a recommendation uh, Netflix came up for me and it's, it's a Netflix original, which this tells you like, this is <laughs> top gear started something. Okay. But there's a Netflix original out called Paul Hollywood's big continental. Road ah, I watched trip. the first episode uh, of that yesterday. <laughs> oh, great. You're going to the second. I'm going to talk about the second episode. Real quick. <laughs> Wait, does, he, does, does he drive a large continental across the country? No, God damn. nope. Nope. Um, but yeah, it's actually been like really, I think pretty good. He's like kind of approaches things from like a history standpoint. Um, but in the second episode, actually, I'll just read the uh, excerpt right here uh, from Netflix. Um, the first episode was Italy. 
Um, and the second one is Germany. And it says, spicy sausage, speedy vehicles, and nature-loving nudists are on the menu as Paul tours Germany with comedians Al Murray and Christian Schultlow. All right. I just want to say one thing about that title. Or uh, blurb, I guess. Verbage. He it just said that uh, nudists were on the menu. And I just want to point out that that's a terrible phrase. Well, I am like two-thirds way through the episode, and... Have they eaten any nudists? Um, hard to say. Oh. Hard to say. There's a point when he's in the Westphalia, and he is cooking up some sausage that was actually... it has The sausage has a part number. That's, that's all I'm going to say. I see. I don't think you do. I really... <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> but yeah, so, but yeah, this, it's actually, there's only three episodes, unfortunately. Um, but the production quality looks really good and it's, uh, pretty entertaining. And the, I just, I actually really like the history side of it. They tour, um, you know, like some of the, talk about the Lamborghini history and Ferrari history. And, uh, it's, I don't know, it's pretty good. I, I really liked episode one, um, which, like you said, was Italy. Uh, it just like it popped up in my Netflix feed as well. So I was like, Oh, that looks cool. I'll watch that. But, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I love it when they approach shows, you know, like you said, from a historical standpoint and tell you some things that, you know, maybe you didn't know about the brand or, you know, um, the culture around the cars. Um, there's, there's actually a very historical segment about the nudists and there is for one part part of the historic value is in the content that the nudists are speaking and the other part mostly can be summed up from in a history standpoint with the word wrinkles i see yeah i don't think you do mike i really i i, really I, don't, I don't want to i'm just gonna go out there and say i don't really want to all right, so now that we've talked about nudists, which Tom really wanted to talk about, we have a final segment, which is what's your project? Cool. And what I, particularly what I wanted to talk about for this, uh, this segment right now is uh, Tom and I are planning on going, we're signed up for, we have money involved in this, which means we're going to do it. We're going to the Alcan 5000, which for those of you who don't know, which let's be honest, is nigh as close to 100% of the population as you're going to get, except for people that have actually gone on this thing. Um, it, a very unpopular rally. It is, it is a very <laughs> unpopular rally. It's 5,000 miles from Seattle to Fairbanks, Tom? Are we going to Fairbanks? Um, is Fairbanks I, inside I, the Arctic Circle? Fairbanks or Nome or someplace, wherever wherever the, uh, uh, the Iditarod takes off from, that's where we're going to. Oh, yeah. But anyways, we're going 5,000 miles through Alaska. And Tom and I live in Detroit, or close to Detroit anyways, and need to get to Seattle to take off on this thing. And so our total trip one way is about, oh, 7,500, 8,000 miles, Tom, would you say? Uh, yes. Yeah, close to that. Yeah. And we, yeah. And we were planning on taking the, the Torino, the 69 Torino that I have recently rebuilt and have been ironing the bugs out of because... Well, then we would have a year of ironing the bugs out and we'd be fine. However, mm -hmm. however, mm -hmm. I have, mm -hmm. have recently gotten an offer to mm -hmm. purchase the Torino 
at a price that is more than I will probably ever get again for that particular car. Um, and, and so I'm going to sell it. And that means that Tom and I don't have a car. So mm-hmm. the backup car that I had traded a motorcycle for is also sold as it was within a week of me buying it or trading a motorcycle for it. So that one, so that one is, is a no go. And, uh, the final, the final car that I have left for this, this trip is a 1935 Ford pickup truck, uh, that's been sitting in my dad's yard for the last four ish or five years. Um, that still has a flathead and a three speed transmission and four rotten bald tires. And, and a cab that's not attached. And yes, yes. And Tom, we definitely need to put pictures of this in like, as close to current state as I can possibly find yep. on the website so that people can see this thing. So is that really, is that what we're doing? That's what we're doing, Tom. And so here's, here's the thing with that. Not only is this vehicle untested. In fact, it's not, it's untestable. It's not even untested. It's not even testable, but it's, it's a 35 pickup truck. But it will be the oldest vehicle in the Alcan. We don't know that because we don't know that it will make it. This is true. We, don't, we, don't, <laughs> we do not know that this thing will make it to Seattle, much less to the stop sign down the street, to be honest with you. So, yeah. And then also, too, I think you and I will probably be the closest. Well, uh, because the cab is not very big on those. No, people were very small in the 30s. <laughs> And I am not very small, and quite frankly, you're pretty normal-sized American. So, yeah. It, it's going to be fun, Tom. So uh, we'll have to get, update our listeners with product, with uh, progress as we go. Um, but I just wanted to, to start off that segment with you know our personal project that's coming up here very soon. I like how we were talking about how much cab space all the F-150s have, and then... <laughs> come yeah. to this yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be um i don't know how wide the seat is in that cab but i'm gonna guess probably three and a half maybe four feet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's gonna be comfortable uh, Tom, uh, i don't think you're we're both gonna have to get on that uh that diet plan before we start off i i don't i yeah <laughs> i don't even know what to say but there's a lot of room in the back to haul things, so there's that. Yeah, we can throw a couple of spare transmissions in there and, you know, whatever else we might need. An extra flathead? Pro- possibly, you, very possibly. Actually, you're going to leave the flathead, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to leave the flathead, and I actually just re- just located a Columbia two-speed rear end so that we can have yeah. uh, period-correct overdrive. Sweet. Yeah, right? That'd be, we can cruise down the road at, like, 65 instead of 55. Wait, the, that's all? Um, yeah, yeah, Tom, that's, that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. I mean, we may be able to crank it up a notch, but we'll have to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm only planning on the, the single barrel carburetor that's on there, Tom. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> on that note, how about a word from our sponsors again, Tom? All right. Um, so, 
This episode was brought to you by Apixel Consulting, LLC. Apixel offers a full range of consulting services and specializes in IT in management and that I'm going to start over and specializes in management and IT consulting for small businesses, especially startups. Give them a call to help grow your business today. Just go to apixo.co. On that note, I think uh, I think that's all we've got. Adam, you got anything uh, anything else to bring up? I'm just really glad that you guys aren't trying to squeeze me into that cab with you. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't think I, there's an option in this case for a third I, person. I will edit no, I don't. I think Trevor's going to be out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. There's so much logistics. We haven't even figured out any logistical anything really yet. So no, yeah, and also we're uh, this whole series will be uh, this build series and everything else will be up on uh, multiple websites as well as YouTube, so that all our listeners can follow along. Yep, and we'll be posting things on social media as we go, assuming we have service up in the frozen. Oh, I was talking Fairbanks, about the project, Alaska. Not, not even oh not yeah, even yet, but just getting this well, POS well, yeah. up and running. Well, yeah, but yeah, we can pitch the whole project. Like one of the things uh, reasons we started, you know, kind of like figuring out trying to figure out some of this uh multimedia different platforms and everything is to kind of capture historically for us and if anybody else is entertained by it um you know get it out there so yeah on that note thanks everyone for listening and uh we'll talk to you next week later (laughs) (laughs) that's the worst thing tom that's the worst thing (laughs) I'll, I'll add some more later. It'll be good.